0: Hello listeners, this is Mike, your host. If you are enjoying these archive episodes, please consider supporting the podcast by going to the homepage, spacerockethistory.com, and clicking on the orange Donate button or the Patreon link. Hopefully, with your support, I can continue to release these archive episodes. Thanks. We choose to go to
1: the moon in this decade and do the other things. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. You've
2: got speed, John Glenn.
1: Roger zero G, and I feel fine. feel huh? Okay, I'm out. How does it feel for the United States to be the new record holder? At Atlanta. in
3: that baby light, there's no doubt about it. Lift We have a lift off. Thirty-two
4: minutes past the hour. Lift on Apollo 11.
3: Griffin. And Base, here. The Eagle has landed. That's one small
0: step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Hello and welcome. This is Michael Annis and you're listening to episode 183 of the Space Rocket History Podcast. And now, Apollo 9, Lunar Module Maneuvers Part 4. We ended the previous episode, number 182, shortly after the EVA. Once the lunar module and command module were repressurized, it was time for the second TV transmission from the lunar module with McDivitt and Swigert. Here are some excerpts from that broadcast. You see
2: Russell Swigert on the left, Jim McDivitt, the commander, on the right in the foreground. They are in the lunar module. The television cameras went on uh, just uh, half a minute or so ago as they began this pass over the United States. Mr. Swiker okay, here. Oh, very good. Hey, it's a tremendous picture, uh, Spider.
3: Great. How much longer do we have on our tremendous picture? Ten more minutes? Spider's yeah, we've got it for about another 13 uh, minutes, Spider. Uh, we can watch your whole lunch uh, there. Catch your bike. Nice. <laughs> You're welcome.
2: Dibid who apparently has quite an appetite. He complained most of yesterday about being on there. would you read me back over Red Zone and away?
3: I read you the first time, but that was a, only one time. Okay, I understand. Uh, Roger, uh, we wondered, uh, going over the state side there on uh, the EVA, did you read us all the way? Uh, we noticed that uh, you didn't say anything even when we asked questions. Uh, we were reading everything, uh, all of you, loud and clear, uh, and uh, we just weren't getting up to you, but the calm from you was terrific. Uh, we read all your conversations, Sound like you were really having a ball. Yeah, it's pretty good view from out there. That's what they call the view from the top of the stairs, left stairs, that is. If you've got anything that you can give us uh, along, the, along the line about clearing the tunnel, it sounds like that goes pretty well. Yeah, the tunnel doesn't take long at all. It's getting ready to clear the tunnel. Okay, and, uh, hey, Red Rover, we, uh, how about a big smile for the folks at home here and, uh, let us know that you're feeling pretty good after that show. Yeah, we're feeling great, as a matter of fact. Big <laughs> doesn't look so good, but he feels all right. Okay, we're coming up on a keyhole now. We'll probably have a out for about a minute and 55 seconds or so and pick you back up again. Okay. Okay, you want the TV to stay on, uh? Uh, that's the Leave it just like it is.
2: We'll just have a little uh, blizzard for the folks at home and pick you back up again. The keyhole to which he refers we uh, saw yesterday in the previous transmission, or was it the day before, the days begin to blur here in the fourth day of the flight. they. Uh, this is between two receiving stations. Uh, as the spacecraft leaves the area of one receiving station and is then picked up by another,
3: we're curious if we can get the picture back, uh, if you could show us a view out of the overhead window of the uh, command module, would that be possible? Roger. Uh, out the window and uh, up around the tunnel area, if you could, and uh, we're showing about uh, eight minutes left in the pass. Okay, I show you a picture of Davey over at the co later on. Okay, we do not have your TV picture at this time. Uh, I'll let you know when we get it. Spider, we've got the uh, picture back again now show you a picture of the back of the, the lamb. I don't know if you can see much back there. I'll hey, show the one at the top first to make sure we get it. Okay. Yeah, we can see it out Oh, we. It's, it's a good view, uh, Spider. Hey, that's, hey, that's terrific. Uh, Dave, how about waving to the folks at home?
2: This is a picture back hey, from the lunar really module uh, to the command the top, module.
3: Uh, it's really beautiful, and we can see you uh, waving, Dave. Well, yeah, I can't see much out there. I'll show you one of our quads. Uh, hey, that's... Uh, that's a terrific shot. You know that that camera is picks up pretty well even when you're
2: moving it fast, and that's a beautiful shot of the uh, the quad now, uh, Jim. The quad or the little hundred pound. Uh, okay, thrusters. now I'm showing right straight down uh, the minus X axis
3: as close as I can get it, and you can just see the legs sticking out there. Okay, the the picture is uh, is pretty good, uh, Spider. It's uh, it's real clear. I'm not sure I can pick out the leg right there at this time. Uh, we'll take a look at it. That's, a, that's okay, neither can I. You don't see very much of it, Smokey. Okay, well, I don't feel so bad then. Okay, just a minute. Let me show you a little more of the outside of the command module. Uh, i show you the, uh, the side window, and you can see the EVA light sticking out out there on the pole. It's also part of the wind radar antenna. Here's a picture of the radiation meter. So far, we haven't detected any radiation. Oh, very good. Hey, that's, hey, that's a real good picture. Okay, listen, we'll go back and uh, I'll show you the, the docking targets, green and yellow, See that we don't have uh, green and red, so we don't have color TV and it's in the uh, command module window now. Okay, that'd be a good shot if we can get through that. Oh, uh, hey, that, that picture's fantastic. Uh, Dave, let's just hold it. I mean, Jim, let's hold it right there for a while. Oh, okay, uh, Jim, we've got about a minute and a half uh, left. That picture is beautiful and uh could we give it a try up the tunnel it's probably pretty dark but uh we'd like to see how it comes in yeah, should it... hey Dave is the tunnel uh pressurized or not uh yes it's pressurized okay and still we don't have the tunnel open and we keep it open very far because we still have the OPS on the back wall all right we understand uh yeah can okay, that's a picture of the drugs sticking down into the tunnel with the probe stuck in the end of it, and you can see the upper hatch of the limb is opening. No. Now hold the camera right there, Jim. That's uh, that's real clear. It's a beautiful picture. Hey, uh, stand by and I'll pull the hatch up. It's really a clear picture, uh, Jim. Take a picture. We really ought to have four of those six black hoses in the limb. The command line is making around three people we're trying to do something. Brad, uh, right, understand. We're going to lose you here. Tell uh, Dave to belay the uh, taking out the hatch. Uh, we're just about to drop uh, you. Yeah, he's out now. I don't even see anything. Uh No, we've we've lost the picture. That's the end of the path. Right on schedule. Hey, we sure appreciate you uh, taking that time out, uh, Jim. Uh, that was great. Commander Jim McGivick took time out from his
2: lunch hour, apparently, to uh, man that camera to show us those very clear pictures of the. Lunar module. Unfortunately, we didn't get a very good picture outside of the Earth as we might have had if uh, Rusty Schweikert had gone through with all of his uh, EVA walk, his extravehicular activity, and had uh, used the camera outside of the spacecraft. Well, we got a little bit of a view in the background there, and uh, that was just about over Alabama. So what we did see of the good Earth from 153 miles up on this pass on this revolution of the uh, uh, Apollo 9 was Alabama. We had a good look at uh, Rusty Schweikert as he was holding a checklist there, a test pilot's checklist, and as the uh, as the camera came on, they were uh, just replenishing the supplies in the portable life support system, that large backpack that, if you were with us earlier today, you saw Rusty Schweikert wearing on the front porch of the lunar module. Uh, that does a four-hour supply of oxygen and uh, cooling liquids in it. That can be replenished, and they were filling up that... Uh, Uh, support system again, bringing it up to the top.
0: On both occasions when McDivitt and Swigert had transferred to the lander, the pilots had been behind the schedule. On March 7th, they got up an hour earlier than usual to make up for that. They also obtained permission from flight control to move into the lunar module without helmets and oxygen hoses, which made it easier to go through the checklist and to set up the module for the coming maneuvers. Soon both spacecraft were ready for the main event, the undocking and test flight of the lunar module, and then the rendezvous and return to the command module. First, the separation. Here's a clip from NBC.
5: Well, there's no question about it, Hugh. Today is the big day for the flight of Apollo 9, the most important day. Actually, it's what uh, Apollo 9 is all about, to exercise the one vital part of the moon landing which has never been flown by man in space. The lunar module, or the LEM, or the moon lander, as you wish. Uh, today is the first big day of that test. Uh, we have a couple of uh, gentlemen here to help explain it, along with me and others. Uh, Kenneth Lindsley of Grumman, who is uh, standing by inside the LEM here in our space center and Alan Moyles of North American Rockwell, who's inside our command module. Their companies, incidentally, made these two vehicles, so today means quite a bit to them as well. Now, I'm told we have one minute to the first undocking, and so let's switch to Mission Control in Houston and hear the conversation between Houston and Apollo 9. They'll be on their own completely as soon as this undocking takes place. just about 50 or 60 feet. They've been linked together, you'll recall, since the very sure first day of the flight. To you. In fact, it was on the second orbit of this flight that they linked up, and they've been flying together ever since Monday. What they'll be doing shortly now is checking each other but mostly the command module will be checking the lunar module visually, flying around it to inspect it. This is the way it will take place.
3: Okay, we seem to be hanging. the probes out, the capture latches not released. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Uh, we're pretty stable here.
5: Uh... The capture latches apparently did not release. Now, we'll have to see what takes place in this particular instance.
0: When Scott tried to release the Lunar Module, he did not hold the button long enough, so the lander got hung on the capture latches.
5: Al Boyles, if you're inside, can you tell me what the next step would be?
4: Well, I think, Peter, at this point, uh, we'll have to uh, to, leave it in the hands of the uh, people at, at NASA to evaluate the problem and decide what the next move is. The uh, capture latches, of course, are the uh, three latches on the end of the probe that uh, connect the uh, the uh, probe with the drogue. Now, the uh, two docking rings are apparently separated. But the uh, capture latches, as the crew have
5: said, uh, did not release. Let's listen to uh, Houston now. This is a very tricky part and a very vital part of this mission. Okay,
3: I have two fellows screwed up out day, so... We may have a little problem
5: with that. Roger, uh, I know it. Okay, I'll put this on you, so don't Okay. Al Moyles, there are redundancies in this system, are there not backup there, systems? There's more than
4: one way to release the uh, capture latches, that's true. And now we hear they are free. Spy, uh, I'm going
3: to stay in plane and uh, just follow you with the pitch. Okay, fine. There oh, we
0: That's the first big step. When the lunar module hung on the capture latches, Dave Scott in the command module pressed the release button again and held it in a little longer this time, and that seemed to solve the problem. After separation, Scott had the responsibility to inspect the lunar module from his viewpoint in the command module. As the distance widened between the two craft, McDivitt in the lunar module made a 90-degree pitch and a 360-degree yaw maneuver so Scott could see its legs.
5: They are now inspecting the lamp. Visually, that is to say. Are you
3: yawing now? That's right, I'm yawing right now. I'm doing my 120-degree uh, yaw. Uh, when I get over here, Dave, why don't I just stop the yaw uh, and uh, roll my rolls and I'm up, right side right up on the belly band. Then we get back to maybe about the right uh, attitude. to least get playing. But so, uh,
5: the LEM turns in front of him, astronaut David Scott in the command module is giving it a visual inspection to see that everything is all right. A double check before they move on away. What this is all about, of course, is the final procedure in the moon landing when the LEM is by itself and leaves, just as you saw it do, leaves the command module from a dock position in orbit around the moon, and heads toward the lunar surface. This has never before been rehearsed in space. They've done it many, perhaps hundreds of times on Earth, in simulation.
3: Okay, Dave, I'm gonna roll uh, up in plane now.
5: <laughs> Most of the rest of today will be spent in exercising the lamb by itself, from various distances away from the command module. Okay,
3: Dave, I'm gonna come right side up here now, and uh, when I get there, then I'll just stop you can position Okay.
0: The conclusion of the inspection was the lunar module looked good to go. Now, the real testing of the spider could begin. Here's the details on how that testing should proceed.
5: Lunar craft pushes away from the command module Dave Scott, now alone in the Apollo 9 ship, uses his small rocket engines to get a short distance away. Now, for the first time, the LEM is completely on its own. Then, a sequence of maneuvers to simulate what the LEM would have to do on an actual lunar landing to return from the surface and get back to the command ship. The big engine in the lower stage will be fired twice. This puts the LEM above and behind Apollo 9, moving out to a spot almost 100 nautical miles away. There, the astronauts drop off the LEM's lower stage, and almost immediately trigger the upper stage engine. The LEM now slowly starts back on its return journey to the mothership. Now behind and below, the first of several engine burns will ease the lunar craft into rendezvous range. Throughout this sequence, Apollo 9 has been a passive spacecraft. Scott will make no maneuvers, Unless the LEM develops trouble and can't get back. This is not a rapid-fire exercise. From beginning to end, it will spread over almost seven hours. Final docking, of course, will come during daylight, and Scott and the command module will be taking many pictures out the window during the last crucial hour. With the end of the fifth day, we'll know whether the LEM has qualified. That is the end of today. Whether it's qualified for that great lunar landing mission, which we expect will come sometime this year, perhaps
0: as early as this summer. After drifting around within 4 kilometers of the command module for 45 minutes, McDivitt fired the lunar module's descent propulsion engine to increase the distance to 23 kilometers. The motor was smooth until it achieved 10% thrust. When McDivitt advanced the throttle to 20%, the engine chugged noisily. McDivitt stopped throttling and waited. Within seconds, the chugging stopped. It accelerated to 40% before shutting down and had no more problems. Back in the command module, Dave Scott had his own responsibilities that he was to carry out while the lunar module was being tested.
4: Throughout most of the rendezvous, Peter, uh, Dave Scott and the command module will be uh, keeping track of where the lunar module is with respect to the command module by taking sightings through a sextant on the uh, flashing light beacon on the lunar module. This information is uh, is then fed into the onboard computer the computer comes up with a rendezvous solution and uh, Dave will will read this solution out to the ground for verification and uh, throughout the uh, throughout the time he has the uh, command module systems prepared to execute uh, what we call mirror image maneuvers should the lunar module at any time uh, uh, be unable to complete uh, his active part of the maneuver. That was that was my next question. What happens
5: if they can't get back? And what happens is the command module, uh, in its fashion, goes
0: after the two uh, astronauts in the LEM. Back in the lunar module, McDivitt and Swikert checked the systems and fired the descent engine to a 10% throttle setting. This time, it ran evenly. As they moved off in a nearly circular orbit 23 kilometers above the command module, They had no trouble seeing Gun Drop, even after the distance stretched to 90 kilometers. From the command module, Scott could spot the lander as far away as 160 kilometers with the help of a sextant. Estimating distances was difficult, but the radar furnished accurate figures. Eventually, it was time for the next critical test, the rendezvous with the command module. Now, rendezvous is a domain ruled by the statutes of orbital mechanics. A spacecraft in orbit is like a ball bearing whizzing around inside a deep, curved funnel. A ball thrown into the funnel will orbit at a height and speed that depends upon the amount of energy it has. A ball with a lot of energy will circle at the upper end of the funnel one with less energy will circle lower down. If the ball is down toward the neck of the funnel, it will circle faster than one at the mouth, even though it has less energy. If the balls are spacecrafts around the Earth, the funnel becomes the invisible well of gravity which all orbiting objects must fight in order to stay in orbit. The closer the spacecraft is to the Earth, the stronger the force of gravity, and the faster it must go to balance the pull. The farther away it is, the weaker the gravity's pull and the slower the spacecraft travels. Height and speed are inextricably linked. To slow down, the spacecraft must be kicked into a higher orbit. Conversely, speeding up requires dropping into a lower orbit by using the rocket as a brake. A pair of astronauts who start out behind their target must lower their orbit until they catch up, but not for too long or they will overtake it. If they start out ahead, they must raise their orbit, go slow for a while, and then descend in time to meet their target. Every burst of speed, every bit of braking, changes their height and therefore their speed. Catching the moving target and staying there once they've arrived becomes a feat of great complexity. To begin the rendezvous, McDivitt and Swigert in the lunar module flipped their craft over and fired the thrusters against the flight path to slow their speed enough to drop below the command module's orbital path. Below and behind the command module, they would begin to catch up. They fired the pyrotechnics to dump the descent stage and leave it behind. The firing produced a cloud of debris and caused their blinking tracking light to fail. McDivitt commented that the staging was sort of a kick in the fanny, but it went all right. The distance between the lander and the command module soon shortened to 124 kilometers. McDivitt fired the ascent engine for three seconds to circularize their orbit and begin a chase that would last for more than two hours. As the gap between the two craft narrowed, McDivitt spotted a very small gumdrop at 75 kilometers. Here's how it was reported on CBS.
5: There were a few bad minutes waiting for radio confirmation, but everything now is going exactly on schedule. After dropping back more than 100 miles, the Lamb is now well on its way home to the mothership. The critical moment came when they, in effect, put on the brakes, ...and left the descent stage behind to return on the ascent engine.
3: Okay, the staging went okay. We're uh, staged. Uh, however, Gumdrop can't find us in his an optics any longer, and we may have knocked out our tracking light. Gumdrop, Spider. Our, uh, our staging works better than your own docking. Ha <laughs> ha, you're one up on me. Spider, you better wait to you get back before you start that. You haven't heard me say anything.
0: At that time... Remembering the problem they had breaking away, McDivitt told Scott to make sure the command module was ready for docking. As he approached the other craft, the commander turned his machine in all directions so Scott could inspect its exterior. With the rendezvous nearly complete, let's join Walter Cronkite for the docking. The two
2: spacecraft are at this moment uh, less than a mile apart. Uh, They're closing at uh, something less than 20 miles per hour at this point for the completion of what has been a very successful solo flight of the lunar module, for the first time proving out that man does have a vehicle that can take uh, American astronauts to the surface of the moon, and we're a step closer to putting man on the moon because of it. The docking is just about to take place. We're listening to the conversation from the spacecraft as they are out over the mid-Pacific approaching the Hawaiian uh, islands. They will be docking in another couple of minutes from now. We will listen in as we watch a simulation yeah, really of what is taking place.
3: Up. Okay, we're uh, 5 feet per second, about 610 feet.
2: 610 feet away, moving at 5 Since feet per
3: second. I hey, just think one of us is right side up.
2: Five feet per second, Before about three and, and a half miles an hour. Six hours ago, they had a little bit of trouble unlatching the uh, LEM from the command module, which you see on your right and your screen right there. Uh, they are concerned about that, although they believe it was only because Commander David Scott, by his own analysis in the command module, uh, didn't press the button quite long enough.
3: 370 feet. Okay, that's closer to that.
2: You're hearing the voices of David Scott and... Uh, Rusty Swiker, module pilot. Okay, you got your camera
3: up so you can take a picture of my bottle here? Alright, why don't you come all over here and uh, stop and then pitch over. Yeah, I'm coming with Come on here and stop and then you're going to take over station keeper, and I'll pitch around. Yeah. Okay, Davey, it says 100 feet on the radar tape. that looks a little closer than that to me, but what do you say we stop here? Okay, that's a good idea. Okay, I'll get to stop and, and stabilize and then i uh, deal. give it to you.
2: It is a lamb that has been making this rendezvous maneuver. The command module is the passive target. Let
3: panel. me take a couple of pictures of your nose, and then I'll start picking around. All right. Okay, Dave, we're going to start up a auto maneuver here, and uh, we're going to pitch up, and then you can take a picture of the now. All right. Okay, here we go. Two degrees per second. Unlatching button. Next order of business is to get set up. It's time to get set up, and let's get out with real lockers. Press that Okay, you want to have station keep on, Dave? I got it. You got it. Gumdrop Houston, we're standing by for your logic and pyro arm. Roger, Houston, thank you. Logic on my mark. Three, two, up, that's right. Okay, three, two, one, mark. Um, Roger, copy. And Gumdrop uh, Houston, you are go for pyro arm. Uh, Roger, understand, go for pyro arm. Pyro, sorry, yes. Mr. Gumdrop here, I've got the... the, uh, Extend, retract, switch, and retract. I've got two barber poles.
2: Should have a couple of gray, I believe. All right, gumdrop, uh, we copy. the well, McLeod, perhaps you can tell us about the barber poles and the gray areas that they should be seeing there on the indicator board.
6: Well, Walter, what we see uh, on the different RCS systems when they're firing is if the rcs is functioning on either the system a or the system b you can turn off the other system and then you get a barber pole that shows okay now i went i cycled
3: again uh, out to extend and now back to retract and i've got two gray okay so i think we're all right now yeah let's get on with it and see if we really are okay you want to try an automatic retract let's try automatic retract just like we've uh, talked about it okay uh, um, why don't you do your uh, roll? When you do that, then I'm... How's the sun? Would you be able to back on top of me if I can't see you? I'm in good shape, sunlight. Okay, fine. Uh, maybe we ought to not try an because what if I, uh... But something uh, sort of wormy if I hit the... the retract now, it might go. Okay, fine. That's a good idea. Excellent idea. Let's leave it where it is, and when I punch in, uh, you pull me in.
6: Can you tell us what has
2: transpired in the last couple of hours here what the situation is right now
6: well walter as best i can see right now from listening to uh, the voice coming in they are at the position where they're docking what they're doing is looking through the overhead window this docking window above me right here they have used the crewman optical alignment site which is very similar to a gun sight. There is one mounted in the front of the window in our simulation. First, they came in on their rendezvous, looking straight out the front window, Use this sight to obtain the command module off at a distance. Then they take this sight and transfer it to the overhead window, that docking window, line it up with the docking target in the command module, and then go right straight in toward it. And that's right after that pitch maneuver that you heard about.
2: Now, Scotty, what about the uh, the probe uh, problem? Uh, they they apparently, according to Houston, uh, everything is aligned properly for the probe to operate, but they did have a little hitch in getting it unlatched uh, when they separated, and now, apparently, Dave uh, Scott uh, has had an indication in the first attempt that it wasn't, uh, <laughs> wasn't primed properly for the redocking.
1: docking uh, Evidently, what happened, uh, Walter, was when the undocking maneuver was taking place about six hours ago Uh, Dave Scott in the command module was to take this switch on the panel which is the extend release switch and he puts it up and it's spring-loaded so he has to hold it in the up position now as soon as he puts it up he'll get a barber pole indication on these two talkbacks as soon as the probe has moved about five-eighths of an inch, and then the talkbacks go back to gray indication. What probably happened was when they turned gray, Dave thought the, the probe was completely extended, which also releases the capture latches, and had allowed the the lunar module to undock, so he released the switch, which which uh, went ahead and, and re-engaged the capture latches. So he had to go the second time and push that up and hold it, To release the capture latches and allow the lunar module to float to float free. Uh, They then went into some troubleshooting on this switch so he moved the switch back and forth several times and just prior to uh to the docking here a few minutes ago he he reported that he had a, a barber pole indication which would indicate that the probe was neither fully extended or fully retracted. So I believe Houston instructed him to go ahead and hold it in the extend position again which he did and he now has two gray indicators there, which means the probe is extended the uh, 10 inches, and we are in the proper configuration to do the rest of the docking.
2: Okay, Leo, thank you very much. They're moving in very close now, and we'll listen in again. Well, i got to look
3: to the top of my helmet, and if I beat it up, you've got to come back uh, quite a ways to your ear. Easy does it. That's too far. Yeah, I know. Looks like a sporty little shape. It's not even going to I just can't even see the co Dave. I don't know exactly where you are with respect to it. Okay, you want me to do it? Uh, let me uh, work my way in here a little closer. Okay. Dave, I just can't see it. Let me get in a little closer. Are well, you coming fine? Just keep coming easy like that. Looks, looks like you're coming uh, from an angle, but you're coming in with the right attitude. Try to go uh, forward to your right a little bit. Draw a bit to your body.
2: Scotty, what is it that they can't see?
6: Water, I'm afraid I can't answer that. I am not sure what they can't see. They're looking through that COAS uh, that looks like this, as I was demonstrating before. They have a gun sight that is projected through this onto the overhead hatch. It might be that he can't clearly see the target that is in the command module.
2: Apparently, that's what he said he, said he couldn't uh, see as the
6: COAS. I guess that's what he
2: means. Well, the, that's the crewman's op- optical alignment sight. Yes, that's correct.
3: Right there. Oh, that right, doesn't look like it's for me. So you're going to come in from the an angle anyway, so we are good. to do off about two degrees. I can't see the direct coax. I can't tell what my attitude is. Yeah. Okay, I'm lined up uh, in translation, but I can't tell what my attitude is, Dave. If, not, if I don't see it, where there it is, there. Now you're coming in. That's just nothing better. There you go. I think you got a handle on it now. But it keeps disappearing. Okay, now you're looking pretty good. Okay, you're moving into the boundary now. You're inside the capture boundary now. Looking good. Okay, I can see it now. Almost there. I have capture. Very right, Gary. Okay. They're lined up. Okay, what if you do it? I can't tell where it is. We're free now. Good show, Spider. Roger, uh, onboard fuel reading sixty-five and sixty-five. Uh,
2: Simulation is a little behind here. We've had the confirmation that they have time. Roger,
3: reading fifty-five, fifty-five. Thank you, Rusty.
2: Reach back. Roger. They have the soft dock and they're retracting, which means they will be firing the nitrogen <laughs> bottle. like that in a long time. Well, it's
3: a very nice docking. Uh, that was a docking, that was an test. Okay, Houston, we're locked up. Well, it sounds like you passed it 2010, uh,
2: Jim. That sounded real beautiful. Good show. What a beautiful flight, and what a beautiful maneuver that turned out to be. They are docked, they are locked up. They will re- now repressurize, and uh, after they have turned off the lights, so to speak, McDivitt and Reichert will leave this spacecraft, which has proved out remarkably well in its very first test.
0: More than six hours after leaving the command module, McDivitt settled the lander firmly back into place and then reported, I have capture. The 12 latches on the docking ring caught the lunar module and held it fast. Another stretch of the trail to the moon had been blazed, The lunar module could leave the command module, find its way back to it, and dock safely.